Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. Sunday morning, halfway through November already. Hey, shout out to all of you who have already put up your Christmas trees. Uh, I am very, very tempted to put my Christmas tree up, but I'll let you in on a secret. I'm yet to work out what colour scheme I'm going for Christmas this year. So that is why my tree is not up yet. I need to pull out my boxes, go through, work out what's going on, and uh, then the tree will be up. But I just reckon, you know, we all need a bit of joy in our lives after the year that we've had, the last two years, really, that we have had. So if you want to put up your Christmas tree, put up your Christmas tree uh, and, you know, have that fun. It's not too early to start playing Christmas music or anything like that. But uh, hey, it's just a privilege and an honour to be with you this morning. I get to wrap up our Red Letter um, series. And so over the last five weeks, so this is week six, we've looked at uh, five main principles that we can learn and pull out when we look at the words that Jesus spoke. You know, in the New Testament, in some um, translations of Bibles, you'll actually see that there are uh, the words that Jesus said in red. And so you know They are the ones that Jesus said. And so, you know, as we've pulled this apart over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at different principles that we can actually adapt and and learn from Jesus, from what he said, and actually make it part of our everyday lives. Now, I'm going to test you. I wish there was more of you in the room this morning, uh, but it's great to not just be preaching to a camera. Today, there are at least, you know, some... um, some family of those that are serving this morning, which is great. Um, But those five things that we've been looking at have been what? Being, forgiving, if you said serving, giving, and then today I'm actually going to be speaking about going. You know, when it comes to these principles and and, um, Zach Zender, who's been the one that's actually written a whole heap of this content that we've been drawing from over these last couple of weeks, he would say that 90% of us struggle the most with this, this going principle more than anything else. It's like, you know what, being, I can be with Jesus. I know that he loves me. I know that he accepts me. You know, we're kind of okay with that. Forgiving, it's like, hey, I know Jesus forgave me, thank goodness, because none of us are perfect, you know, and, and we can almost extend a little bit out of forgiveness to other people as well. You know, serving, we're kind of happy to jump in and help. Giving, you know, it might hurt our pockets a little bit, but we're kind of happy to give. But when it goes to going in our relationship with God, we can find that really, really tough. You know, when we follow Jesus and his words, we actually find the life that we're made for. And I don't know about you, if you've jumped in on one of our red letter groups over these last six weeks, but it's been some great discussion in our groups around that. Um, 
Our going means that we move outside of ourselves and outside of our comfort zones. And that's tough, let's be honest, particularly for us that live in Melbourne who have spent most of the last two years in lockdown, seeing our family, every cobweb in our house, uh, you know, all of our animals are really happy. But when it comes to going out and doing something with our faith, we can find that to be really, really challenging. I read a great quote from um, Kerry Nyhoff. If you don't know him, great Christian leader. Um, and he said that, that this this week. The challenge is this. Often the barrier to Christ isn't scriptural or cultural. It's us. You know what? People hear about Jesus through us. There's not many people that would pick up a Bible and have never have heard of Jesus before and enter into relationship with him. It's part of our going and our sharing and our speaking and our being and our serving and our giving that actually helps lead people to Jesus. Perhaps more people don't know about him because we haven't been willing to actually open our mouths and speak about him. It's tough. So how can we change that? Now, have you ever purchased something and you just can't contain it? You have to tell anyone and everyone about it. It's like the most amazing thing in the world and it's like everybody needs to know about it. You know, uh, I was trying to think of examples of this in my life and, and I'm not a huge salesperson if you've ever picked that up from me, but I bought this new primer for my face those that don't wear makeup aren't going to understand, but a few weeks ago that I actually think is really amazing. But I, I, you know, there's people online that are promoting it and there's influencers that are like, this is amazing and all that sort of stuff. They're, they're telling anybody that will listen longer than two seconds all about it. You know, there can be things that we buy. Maybe it's a new car or a new pair of shoes or a new piece of technology, you know, that we pick up and it's like life changing for us. And we tell anybody and everybody about it because it's been a great experience. I just wonder this morning if that's how we treat our relationship with Jesus. You know, our relationship with Jesus brings heart transformation to us. We go from being lost to being found, from being abandoned to being accepted, to being um, dead in our sin to alive in Christ. But we actually find it more difficult to actually share this. Or maybe that's just me. It can be hard to to talk to people about our relationship with God. It can be hard to share with them. How is it that we're treating our relationship with Jesus? You know, we have a responsibility to tell people about him doesn't mean we have to stand on a soapbox in the, you know, the street corner and shout it out to people. But in our everyday conversations, as we're at work with somebody, as we're at the supermarket with somebody and we enter into conversation, that we don't shy away from this whole massive segment of our life, but we're willing to share who Jesus is. In John 15, 26 to 27, it says, But I will send you the advocate, and this is Jesus speaking because it's in red, the spirit 
of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. How comforting that as we go and we share about Jesus, as we go through our everyday lives, we don't have to do it by ourselves. Jesus promised here to the disciples the Holy Spirit and we get to live with him each and every day of our lives today. When we don't know what to say, he knows what to say. When we don't know what to pray, he knows what to pray. And so we don't do this relationship by ourselves. You've probably heard the saying, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. St. Francis of Assisi is actually attributed to uh, that quote. And I've heard that quote thrown around Christian circles most of my life. Oftentimes I've heard it that we don't have to, to say anything. It's about how we live. And is that true? Yeah. It's how we serve. It's how we give. It's how we love. It's how we accept. But I don't want us to discount actually what St. Francis of Assisi was trying to say here. He says, preach the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus came from heaven to earth because we are sinners. We are in need of a saviour. He came, paid the price for our sins so that we could have life. That's preaching the gospel. And so we are still to do that. We are are to be a, a show and tell, I guess, of what Jesus has done. People that don't have a relationship with him don't know. And so we need to preach the gospel. We need to love and give and serve and all those other things as well. But we're still to preach the gospel. You know, I I was reflecting this week about show and tell uh, as I went through primary school. And I was reminded of the little primary school I went to in Geelong. There was 113 of us from sub prep, which was like kinder to grade six. And show and tell was a regular occurrence on our school calendar. And, and I remember taking my favourite things to show and tell so I could share them with others around me. I have this stuffed toy that I still have now. In fact, it sits in Ollie's room right now. His name is Hammy. Hammy is my pig. Uh, he's this a stuffed pig. He is so cute. Hammy's ear got ripped off at one stage and my mum uh, attempted to sew it back on. I can say that there is cotton and thread there keeping the ear on, but I wouldn't say uh, it was done in the most delicate of ways. Um, But Hammy was one of my favourites, and so he would make an appearance at Show and Tell. Then I thought about my doll, and I had a Cabbage Patch Kid. Uh, So any of you that had them, her name was Giselle Sybil. She was awesome. I loved her. She went everywhere with me, and so she would make an appearance at Show and Tell so I could share my joy and my love and and, and the things that I gained um, from, you know, my toys to share with my other friends. You know, we are called to be a mouthpiece for God as well as being his hands and feet. But I wonder sometimes as Christians if we find it more comfortable and easy to be the hands and feet than actually to be the mouthpiece. 
Come on, when Jesus has come into our life and brought transformation, when he's come into our lives and, and been on the journey with us, when he's helped us and he's led us and he's stood by us and, and he's forgiven our sin and he's inserted hope and purpose and future into our lives, then, yeah, we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We need to meet the needs of people. We need to, you know, smile and, and help people and have conversations with them. But we're called to be his mouthpiece also. If he has our hearts, will we give him our mouths as well? 1 Peter 4:11. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We are to speak and to serve. The two are not mutually exclusive. They go hand and hand together. You know, people won't listen to what we've got to say until they know how much we care. And so the caring and the serving and the hands and feet thing is such an important element because that's who we are. You know, the love that Jesus has for us, we capture when we've got a relationship with him and we want to share that on. We want to help people and see the best in them and love on them and be with them. But we need to share about who he is as well. In 2 Peter 3, it says God's heart is that none should perish, but all should have eternal life. God did his part. He did his part by sending Jesus. He did his part by sending the Son of God to become the Son of Man here on earth, to live a perfect life, and then to die on that cross with the weight and burden of all of our sin so that we could have life. But our responsibility as Christians is to get going, is to get going and share with others about who he is. People won't know unless we tell them. People won't know if, if we don't actually share with them. You know, Jesus gave directives to his disciples while he was here on earth, and I want to read through some of these about the importance that we are to go. These these disciples were ones that got to do life with Jesus. That must have been amazing, just being able to glean from him. Um, but what did he say to them? Well, let's look at um, some scriptures. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you even to the end of the age. What if we jump to Mark 16, uh, verse 15? And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everybody. What about Luke 24, 47 to 48? It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. What about John 20, verse 21? Again, he said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. 
or Acts. Come on, let's jump over to Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus' invitation was not about staying in a comfort zone that felt safe. It was about receiving Jesus and then taking him to the world with the assurance that we don't do it by ourselves, that he goes with us, the Holy Spirit walks with us, and that we don't have to do it by ourselves. You know, as we read through the Gospels, we actually see so many instances of Jesus spending time with his disciples. But then he sent them out and they went and they, they had to go and they taught and they preached and they prayed for healing and they proclaimed the Gospel. And then they came back and, and they were able to spend some more time with Jesus or reflect on what it is that they had learnt. And as I was even reflecting on this myself, it kind of reminded me that that's kind of like what we do when we come to church on a Sunday or we're in our group during the week. We kind of come back in to learn and to glean and to, to throw around and to champion each other on and to, to um, just develop in all it is that God has for us. But as we do that, then we're to go because we're kind of given the tools to go, you know, as we come into church on a Sunday morning, whether it be in the room or online, it doesn't matter. This is our, our training ground. This is the place that we can receive from God what it is that he wants to deposit in our life for the week so then we can go. You know, we don't want to become big, fat Christians that just receive and never give out. We want to become people that come and receive so we're empowered to then go got to learn from Jesus. And this is the rhythm that we need to pick up. Come in, learn, glean, you know, learn more about who Jesus is and then go. And then we come back in and then we go. And then we come back in and we go. You know, it can be really hard trying to share our faith sometimes because we look at our lives and we go, I don't have it all together. Newsflash, none of us has got it all together, and nor will we this side of eternity. Uh, But we've got to trust that what Jesus has deposited within our lives is enough for us to share. We don't have to go through a five-step program before we can be released out to share with people. You know, some of the most influential people are those that have had an encounter with Jesus. They've come to know him as their Lord and Savior. They're the ones that are often so ready to share in their experience. I don't want to neglect the work that God has done in my life and keep it for myself. I want to continually be able to live an authentic life of sharing what it is that God is doing in my life. The invitation from Jesus is simple and it's our response that is required. You know, as we read through all the scriptures in the Bible, we read of eyewitness accounts. We weren't there. In all of eternity, God chose here and now for us to be walking the earth. 
So we don't have the privilege of being able to walk each day with Jesus, as amazing as that would have been. He chose now for us to be here. And so we get the privilege of being able to pick up the word of God and read of these eyewitness accounts. You know, when it comes to um, trials and the judicial uh, system, you know, it is often eyewitness accounts that are called on in court to give evidence. It can be, you know, you've got all these other things that you can do. There's fingerprinting and DNA testing and, and, and you know, um, all sorts of different accounts, that can, evidence that can be used. But the weight that is put on eyewitness accounts is actually often quite crucial to the trial period. And so while we don't get to walk the earth while Jesus was, we get to glean from those that were there. Every word in our Bible uh, points back to Jesus. It points back to who he is. It points back to God and his character, his intention for, for us as humans here and now. What we can testify to has been our experience since we've met him. Well, we don't know what it was like to actually sit under Jesus' teaching. You know, as he gave the Sermon on the Mount, how amazing would it have been to be in that space to hear him speak that on that day? But we weren't there. But we can go to the Word of God and we can learn and glean from that. But from that, each and every one of us, I'm sure, has a story of a time or a moment where God met us right where we're at. There's a testimony that comes from our lives of of the difference that Jesus has made to our lives. You know, it's often the devil that comes and as the accuser says, you're not enough, you haven't got it enough together, you still sin. Hey, what about that time that you screamed at your kids yesterday? You know, it brings up all these accusations. But Jesus came when he came from heaven to earth to pay the price for our sin. So even though we don't have it all together, he does. And the difference and change he makes in our lives is crucial to being who we are today. While we're not perfect, we are spending day in, day out learning and gleaning from him to become better. As I said, this side of eternity, we're not going to be perfect. I know some of you want to try, but it doesn't work that way. But because we're not perfect doesn't mean that we're discounted. The accuser can come with all these lies and all these fabrications and and pinpoint stuff in our lives that we've got to work on. But Jesus comes with grace. He comes with forgiveness. He comes and he says, I've paid it all. You don't have to do it by yourself. The Bible is the greatest love story ever written. And when Jesus came, he came to rescue us. And as the rescued, we now have a responsibility to go and share our experience so others can know that they can be rescued too. The biggest impact you can make for God's kingdom is by partnering with Jesus and sharing your story. In Revelation 12:11 it says they triumphed him which is the enemy by the blood of the lamb that's the the price that Jesus paid and by the word of their testimony. 
when we take what Jesus did and share our testimony, it has far-reaching impact. So at the heart of what we've been going through in this Red Letter Challenge, it's been looking at Jesus' life and how we can apply it to our daily lives. It's been about being and learning about that. It's been about forgiving and understanding not only are we forgiven, but we can forgive others. It's been about serving, serving God and serving others. It's been about giving, giving back to God what is already his, but giving to others with generosity. And the fifth thing is about going. I don't know how God's been challenging you over these weeks. I know each and every one of us will be challenged in a different way. But today as I wrap up, I just want to pray that God would give us boldness, that God would give us courage to be able to share what Jesus has done in our lives. Each one of you has a testimony. It doesn't have to be a big, amazing transformation um, in your small Thing that you see is actually will be able to relate to other people. Some people have incredible testimonies, you know, that are, 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 you just look at them and go, oh my goodness, God, that's huge. But many of us in our everyday life have seen moments where Jesus has been so real, moments where he's brought comfort to our lives, moments where he's come alongside us and, and called us forth, moments where we've just felt loved. So let's pray. God, I thank you. As we've gone over these last six weeks, pulling apart the words that you said in the Bible, the words that you spoke, Jesus, that we've been able to learn and glean from them. But God, we don't want those words to have um, been a five or six week um, impact of our lives. God, we want to go and do something with them. So Father, I pray for each person as opportunities arise. God, whether it be in forgiving and serving and in going and in whatever it is, God, that you would just give us boldness and courage to be all that it is that you have called us to be. God, where we can't let your Holy Spirit come and help us. God, if we have conversations where we don't know what to, to say, God, that you're, by your Holy Spirit, you would give us the right words to say, God, when we need to pray for situations that seem impossible and we've run out of words, Holy Spirit, come and fill our mouths with those words. Let us be a people that just don't sit back and watch what it is that you're doing, but let us be all in in being part of going and sharing you to the world. And as we do that, God, it doesn't have to be a massive burden, but God, just in our everyday lives that we're willing and open should the opportunity arise to share with you, with those that we're speaking to. We thank you, God, how you're moving, how you've changed us, how you continue to speak to us each and every day. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, church. Be people that are bold and courageous, that are willing to go and share what it is that Jesus has done in your life. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.